Hey, my friends, thank you so much for being here again with me today on the podcast. How's your summer going? I am in such a summer state of mind, like I think I mentioned on last week's episode. Even though I grew up in Arizona and I lived there for really most of my life and it's like insanely hot and not all that great weather-wise in the summer, I still always loved and still do love that energy of summer. The space, the free time, that luxury of being home during the day to watch the prices right. Do you know what I mean? If you know, you know. I never do that anymore, by the way. But man, as a kid, that was like the best thing ever. Daytime TV. Going swimming, being with friends, lifeguarding, which was something that I did all throughout high school and some of college. There's just something so delightful about that summer vibe, at least for me. And for whatever reason, this is maybe the first year of my adult life that I've fully gotten into this energy of summer. And it's not because I have the summer off, which I don't, or that we have any extravagant summer vacations planned. We don't have that. But my mindset just feels different. I've had coaches for years now, and I've gotten really good at managing my mind and coaching others and doing the same, but recently I felt such a huge shift in myself, like this sort of quantum leap is what some people would say. That's such a buzzword these days, but it really does. It feels like exponential growth is happening over here, and it's kind of funny because nothing really looks that different on the outside. I mean, I have had a lot of tangible changes in the last year or so. I got married, I took a new job, I moved to a different state, my coaching business is taking off, all of that is different, but this shift that I'm feeling is sort of independent of all of that. And some of it might be sort of catalyzed by all of those external changes that I've made because I really do think that sometimes we have to put ourselves in new positions and situations to really shake up our mindset, but there's just something going on for me that feels really big. And I might share more later on this topic, but what I'll say for now is that I've come to terms with some really difficult truths and I've processed some stuff from the past that I wasn't really fully attuned to. I've started to fully relax into who I am and what I want more than ever before. And it just feels amazing and expansive. So all of that, plus the sunshine that we're finally getting in SoCal after what feels like months of gloom here, they just, it has me feeling so light and summery. And I know I'm a super baby about the weather and I'm always talking about it, but I am so dependent on sunshine. I swear I'm like a reptile. So maybe it's just the sunshine in SoCal. Maybe it's all this other stuff that's going on for me, but I'm just really in that vibe of summer and I hope you are too. Okay. So none of that is the actual topic of today's episode. What I want to talk to you about today is a concept that I call the relationship set point. Now, I'm not sure if anyone else calls it that or talks about this concept in this way. I have heard other coaches talk about a weight set point in the context of weight loss coaching, where the general idea is that if your body has a set point for weight, and if you want to get to, and most importantly, stay at a different weight, you have to change your set point. So for example, If your set point for weight is 200 pounds and you want to live at 150, you can't sustainably get there unless you change your set point. Otherwise, you might be able to get to 150, but it will be temporary and your weight will eventually go back up to 200 because that's the set point. Now, 
All the details of how to change your weight set point is outside of my area of expertise. I don't even (laughs) fully remember all of the details that I've heard when I've heard my coaching colleagues talk about this in the context of weight loss. But if you are super interested in that, I can definitely go and find some of my friends that teach on this idea and use this in their methodology, and I can refer you to them. But I really like this concept of a set point, and some of the basis of it is the way that our body maintains homeostasis for a lot of physiological parameters. So the classic one that people talk about when they mention a set point is temperature. It's important that our core body temperature stay within a really tight range, and any deviation from that range will be sensed and then pretty quickly corrected by our body through really unconscious mechanisms that we don't actually really have to think about or have a lot of control over. You can also think about the concept of set point when you think about the thermostat in your house. So in the summer, you might set your thermostat for 70 degrees, and when the sensor notices that the temperature is higher than 70, the air conditioning will kick on and cool the house. And it usually doesn't really overshoot on the cooling because once it reaches 70 degrees, the AC shuts off. So of course, I've studied the concept of the physiological set points that we have in our body to maintain homeostasis, and I've heard other coaches specifically talking about weight loss using this concept of a set point in their teachings. And it really got me thinking a while ago about how the set point principle can also be applied to our relationships. So if your relationship has settled into sort of a certain dynamic at a certain set point of, you know, the overall satisfaction that you feel or the overall way that you interact, chances are that unless one or both of you does something to intentionally adjust that set point, you'll default back to it. Now, some of that has to do with just the inertia that kind of keeps you stuck at your set point, but it also has to do with the upper limit theory. And if you haven't heard of this theory, an excellent book on the topic is called The Big Leap. I highly recommend it. It's very short, easy to read, and the way that the information is presented is just super helpful. So the idea of the upper limit theory is that we all have an upper limit amount of like happiness and success with which we are comfortable. And when we start to exceed that upper limit, we'll subconsciously start to limit ourselves. We will subconsciously start to even sabotage our own happiness and success because we just aren't capable of holding that much goodness that's exceeding the upper limit that we're comfortable with. And this is all happening at a subconscious level, but it's really common for people to notice this in their lives without really having the words to describe what's happening. So people will maybe experience like a ton of career success all of a sudden, but then for reasons that aren't entirely clear to them, their relationship will fall apart. Or maybe they will find the partner of their dreams and all of that will work out amazingly all of a sudden, but for whatever reason, they'll suffer some kind of a financial setback that really doesn't make any sense. So it's this concept that's described so beautifully in The Big Leap that basically when you start to exceed the limit of amazingness that you are comfortable with having, you will do something to bring yourself back down under that limit. So that really plays into this concept of a set point when we're talking about relationships. When you are at a certain point in your relationship, any deviation from that will usually sort of drift back to whatever that original set point was. 
And I like to use this concept of the set point in relationships as sort of an overall summary of how you would like rank the quality of your relationship on a scale of one to 10, just like the overall dynamic. But you can also use this concept that I'm going to be teaching you more about today to look at different components of your relationship. So you can look at the set point for your level of communication or positive interactions or connection or your sex life and lots of other things. So let me give you some examples to sort of make this a little bit more understandable. Say that your relationship overall is ranked at like a six out of 10 in your mind in terms of your overall satisfaction. It's pretty good. It's not amazing. It's not too bad. So if your set point is a six, you might find things feeling extra good for a few days or weeks or months. Maybe you find yourself sort of suddenly feeling a little bit more connected or close, or you've been spending more intentional time together or whatever it is. So your relationship overall, the quality of your relationship sort of starts to creep up to like a seven or an eight out of 10, which seems amazing, right? But if your set point is a six, inevitably, unless one or both of you is very aware, things will just start to happen to get you back to that six. Sometimes you drift there slowly, but what I see most often is that people will feel like they're on cloud nine, everything's going great, suddenly their communication's amazing, like their level of intimacy has really picked up, and then there will just be like this big argument or something major or stressful that happens that kind of derails all of that. And it makes them feel disconnected and unsatisfied. And they might even sort of like overshoot and go back down to a five on their scale of overall satisfaction because of that acute conflict or incident or whatever it is before they kind of then settle back at their set point of six. So that's how I think about the relationship set point as like this overall measure of the relationship dynamic. Like I said, you can also take one individual component of your relationship and apply the same concept. So for example, if you want to look at your communication, maybe you would rank your communication with your partner at like a level five on a scale of one to 10. So it's kind of like average. It's not that great. It's, you know, not like terrible that you never talk to each other, but it's pretty mediocre. You're not um, stonewalling each other constantly, but you're also not winning the award (laughs) for amazing couple communication. So if you are living at a set point of a five out of 10, as far as your communication with your partner, then say that like you read a book or maybe you see an Instagram post from your favorite coach or something else about improving your communication and you start to apply what you learned for a few days and your communication starts to improve and maybe it like improves a lot and you feel like all of a sudden your communication is at a level seven or eight, but If you don't actually change your set point, you will eventually go back down to that five where you normally live. You'll forget to keep applying the tool that you learned, or you'll have a lapse of some kind, or you'll snap or you'll lash out, or maybe your partner will have some kind of a lapse or a bad day and they ice you out or they, you know, start a conflict or they're rude and it triggers you, whatever it is you'll suddenly find yourself back at that set point of a level five out of 10 communication, and you won't even really realize how or why it happened. So what can you actually do to change your relationship set point, be it for your overall quality of relationship or for any individual component? Well, 
the first thing to do is to identify what you think the set point is. Now, this is not like a scientific thing. There's no right or wrong answer. There's not like, you know, some kind of a rubric that you can grade this on to take a quiz and see like, is my relationship at a level four or is it at an eight? That's not important. And that's not the thing here. What I want you to do is think for you, like where would you gauge the overall quality of your relationship or whichever component that you're looking at on a scale from one to 10 with one being the worst 10 being like pretty much perfect. So figure out what your thermostat is set at, give yourself a score. And when I say this, I don't mean to do it in a judgmental or a blaming way towards you or your partner. It's really just an honest assessment of how you would rank the overall quality of your relationship or any specific component of it on a scale of one to 10. Very non-dramatic. It's not, you know, trying to like put all of this on your partner or all of it on you. It's really just trying to take an objective look at where you think things stand between the two of you. So you figure out what you think your relationship set point is on a scale of one to 10, as far as how the relationship is going overall on average. And it should also be noted, like you don't want to just do this on your worst day (laughs) together or your best day, because some days you'll be like, we're a 10 and other days it'll feel like a two. So really you want to take like the average overall sense that you have of the quality of your relationship and your interactions. And then from there, you want to identify times that you can think of when you feel like you've started to exceed that set point. Like on the, on the times that feel really good, the months or weeks or days or maybe years that you have with your partner where things just feel extra good, what is it that was happening? Like what creates that? What feels better to you? And then If you can, try to remember when you've gone to sort of those peaks and those highs when things felt amazing in your relationship and what was it that happened, if you can identify it, that brought you back down to the set point. So for example, if we're living around like a six out of 10 on our overall relationship satisfaction and, you know, the way that we gauge the um, communication or the connection or whatever we have with our partner, if we're sort of used to being at a six in our relationship, can you think of times when you've gone up to like an eight or a nine or a 10 and things have felt amazing and why figure out what exactly was going on and then think to yourself, what was it that sort of derailed that and that brought you back down to that set point of six? Was it a big fight? Was it some other like external stress that just seemed to happen? Was it passive aggressive behavior by one or both of you? Was it complacency by one or both of you? Maybe you'll notice that it's often your partner that's the one that gets snappy or critical and brings you back to the set point. Maybe you notice that it's you. It doesn't really matter because we want to be really compassionate and objective here and just kind of get the data and get an understanding of what's going on. So once you sort of have an idea of what takes you higher beyond your set point and then what brings you back down to it, then you can start to really ask yourself what your role in all of that could be. Even if it's your partner that often, you know, creates a fight or does something rude or whatever that brings you back down, you can't control what your partner does, but you can control what you do and how you react. So if you notice that it's your partner who often gets like sassy and sparks a disconnection and causes you to limit the amount of amazingness that you're experiencing together, and so you go right back down to your set point, what is your reaction to that? 
Do you get defensive? Do you overexplain? Do you get angry in response? Both of you are responsible for keeping you at the set point that you're at in your relationship. But the good news is that only one of you needs to do anything to change it. So in order to start to increase your set point, assuming that we all would love to (laughs) increase our relationship set point to be the most amazing that it can be. So in order to start to increase it, you get to be the one that can make some small changes. And it might as well be you because you're the one that's aware of it and you're the one that's thinking about this. I don't want you to ever feel like you are burdened with the responsibility of being the one that changes in your relationship. I don't want you to feel like you have to take all the blame for everything. I want you to view it really as a gift that you can give to yourself and your partner. If you're the one that's noticing that you're having issues and if you're the one that is coming up with possible solutions, then why not do that for the benefit of you both? Now, when you're doing this assessment of what it is that sort of bursts the bubble of really great connection with your partner and brings you back down to whatever your set point is, if you do notice that it's often you that is, you know, getting defensive or being rude or causing a fight or doing whatever else, then just really be gentle with yourself in noticing that. You might want to, you know, dive a little deeper and figure out like why you do that and what is it that is triggering you and what are the thoughts that are creating those emotions for you or whatever else. You might want to enlist the help of a coach for that too. But if you notice that often it's you that brings you back down to the set point, then that's even better news than if it's often your partner because you can really control what you do and you can do little modifications. You can catch yourself before you start picking a fight. You can tell yourself all the complaints you have about your partner, but not actually tell your partner because really, you know, that complaining never gets you anywhere. You can, you know, talk it through with somebody else. You can journal about it. You can start to introduce a pause before you do the behaviors that you think might be keeping you at a lower set point than you would like to have. So figure out what you think your set point is, figure out when you deviate above that in a good way, what is it that's going on and why is it that the relationship feels better sometimes? And then be really honest and objective about what are the behaviors that you do that help bring you back down to the lower set point. Now, it should be noted that the set point concept doesn't just bring you back down when you get too high. It does also usually bring you back up to your set point when you dip below it. So that's why you can have these situations with your partner that might feel terrible, like gut-wrenchingly horrible sometimes, and make you question everything and feel hopeless, but then somehow suddenly like things will just feel better and you'll sort of feel back to normal. Even if you haven't had a big conversation, even if nothing specific has happened, you'll kind of go back up to your set point. Another thing I want to note is just because you can change your behavior and work to increase the set point of your relationship, it doesn't mean that you actually want to do this work forever. So if you are like at a four on your relationship set point and you do your effort and you put in your work to bring the relationship set point up to a six, but then you'd really love to be at an eight and you're just not really into continuing to put that much effort in, it's more than okay to consider whether you want to stay in the relationship. There's no obligation to always be doing the work to improve things. It's perfectly fine to come from a place of a lot of self-compassion and honesty 
and decide if you'd rather seek out a different relationship where you maybe have a naturally higher set point. So that is available to you. I don't ever want you to use this work against yourself or make it like, well, because I know I could improve things, therefore I must. It's not a requirement at all. So let me know if this concept of the relationship set point resonates with you. I think it's a really interesting tool that takes a lot of the drama out of why our relationships often feel like they are kind of in a stagnant place. A lot of us stagnate in a place that feels like okay and it's not terrible. Like most of us aren't staying in relationships with a set point of a two out of 10 because those are just uncomfortable enough that we feel like we'd rather face the discomfort of breaking up than the discomfort of staying together. But I see so many people that seem to hover around a set point of like a five or a six where things are sort of okay-ish, mediocre, and the thought of leaving is more painful than the thought of staying. So they just stay in this sort of ho-hum thing. So I really love to think about the relationship set point as sort of a non-dramatic explanation of why you seem to return to it, even when you have some higher highs and some lower lows. And then I also love to think about it as something that's malleable, where you can actually adjust it just like the thermostat of your house. Maybe not so much body temperature, that's hard to adjust, but you can definitely adjust the thermostat of your house and you can definitely adjust the thermostat of your relationship set point. And just by becoming aware of it and looking at it really objectively and doing the things that you can do, you can actually make a big difference in the overall set point of your relationship. So as always, you know, I love to hear from you. Don't hesitate to reach out via the contact info in the show notes of this episode. And don't forget, I still have just a very few spots available for one-on-one custom coaching packages. So if you go to the link in the show notes of this episode and schedule your complimentary 30-minute consultation, we can meet each other, see if we're a match, see what I can help you with, and then we can create the perfect coaching package for you, including how often we meet, how many sessions total, even the price. All of it is subject to tailoring because one size does not fit all, my beautiful friends. Okay, I hope you have the most amazing week and I will talk to you in next week's episode. Take care.